Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio 98.5 in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Arash is not with us today. He is in Indianapolis for the All-Star Game, or yesterday rather, and the All-Star Game is on uh, Sunday, and it's just Graham Oda and Brandon Deutsch here today to walk you through some sports stories and give you a good listening experience. Grant, how's everything going with you? Uh, yeah, it's great because the Clippers got a win going into the break. So, and hey, look, your Lakers are doing good too. So, I think we're all right going into the break. We're all right. Before we get into that, I do want to note something about Caitlin Clark because what she's doing in women's college basketball is just incredible. I mean, some of the threes she's making and the shots she's making. So difficult, very like it to me. I, I I don't know how many people in the NBA that can make those shots. Like that's how crazy. And I know it sounds crazy to say that. And a lot of people may be displeased by that notion. But there is there's a serious argument that you know she can shoot the ball up there with a few NBA players. That's how good she is. And you know she's dominating the game. Broke that record last night. Yeah, I, look for Caden Clark. I really think that she could play in the NBA. Like I, I'm. I'm being dead serious when I say that. Like her range is unbelievable. The fact that she got her 49 points the way she did, like she was pulling up from the logo. Like, like you said, there are NBA players that can't even do that. Like there are some NBA players that don't even have the three point range, let alone pulling up from the logo. For her to pull up from the from the logo to get the record is like insane behavior. But it just tells you, like, if you watch her on a day today basis or on a game to game basis. That's what you're going to see from her. Like a lot of people are shocked, but if you actually watch a lot of her games, that's just how she plays. They try to get her the ball every single play. It feels like, and for her to put 49 in a game that can get you a record. I mean, um, yeah, kudos to her. She's been electric, um, and I cannot wait to see her in the WNBA. She's going to change the WNBA. Watch. She's already changed college basketball. Yeah. I mean, she's made a lot of viewers that I think wouldn't normally watch women's college basketball for whatever notion there is. Um, I think she's brought a whole new audience. I mean, there's people that are really excited about what she's doing, and that's indicative of, you know, the population, the people that went out to watch her break the record. And obviously, when they went to play in Nebraska, they sold that out. They went to play at the, um, you know, at the football stadium. They sold that out, right? Larry, about, you know, I think it was the football stadium earlier on. There was some showcase. 
And at the end of the day, it's like she's completely changed the game. I mean, women's college basketball, women's like basketball couldn't be in a better place with the way right. you know Wilson's playing in the NBA and obviously Brianna Stewart, all those guys, you know, Kelsey Plum, all the Candace still Parker, the goat, but just like Juju Watkins, who's a freshman, by the way, not even eligible for a few years, but you know, Caitlin Clark, I mean, Cameron Brink, um, Paige Buchers is so good too. Uh, there's so many guy, uh, females that are just, I was going to say guys, because I'm so used to talking about men's basketball. So many, so many women that are just so good at the sport right now that we're kind of seeing, I feel like for women's basketball, this is like the Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan kind of era for them. Like this is the superstar era for them and it's going to be great in expanding the game. Um, speaking of expanding the game, the Clippers, can they expand their history this season, Grant? I mean, it's looking like this is a team where it's title or bust. I know it's been that way, but it seems legitimately it's always if they stay healthy, if they stay, well, they have it. And it seems like, I can say this, I really think this team's going to stay healthy for the playoffs. I really do. I, I Because of what I said earlier on in the year where I said they need to play all the regular season. I know Kawhi's banged up a little bit, but that's good. He needs it now. Play through it. Come back in a few games. Like Anthony Edwards, remember he almost broke his leg before the playoffs last year. He played through it and he had 40 in the playoffs against the Nuggets and got him a game. Um, so I really think it's the Clippers year to really go at least to the second round, probably the Western Conference Finals. I, you know, I know they have James Harden, his past playoff performances, but we've talked about how he doesn't have to do as much on this team. Norman Powell, 47% from three. I read a stack today, by the way, before I let you go. Uh, and the, the audience will love to hear this. It's Steph Curry and Norman Powell, most three-pointers this month. Yep. Crazy. Norman Powell is second in three-pointers this month yep. and three-point percentage. On the year, he's 46% from three. With his... With how many attempts he's shooting per game, that's insane. Part of that is James Harden, obviously, taking this offense to a whole other level, getting him open shots, Kawhi and George being healthy so they can take pressure off of them. This is a dangerous team. Talk about your Clippers. Uh, yeah, they had an awesome win against Golden State where it looked like they were not even going to come close to a victory. Um, they snatched it from the Warriors uh, when Steph Curry was going ballistic, which is something that if I were to tell you that, shoot, eight years ago against the the actual Warriors with Kevin Durant, I think that you would probably chalk it up as a loss, but that just goes to show like what kind of team this Clippers team is, right? Like you could have guys be off. You could have Paul George foul out midway through the fourth quarter. You could have Kawhi Leonard not play for the entire game and still pull out a victory because James Harden is that kind of guy, right? This is the whole reason why they got James Harden is for when two of their top stars are out, whether it be Paul George, Kawhi, one, either of the two, or Russell Westbrook. If anybody's out, James Harden can be a guy that can step up. They needed one more guy, I think. And James Harden was, I mean, he was what, 28, 8, and 6, or 8, and 7 last uh, against the, the Warriors? I mean, that's the kind of performances you're going to need out of him right now. But when you get to the playoffs, Brandon, like you said, there are shortcomings for James Harden in the playoffs. If there are any guys hurt, if the stars are hurt at all, James Harden can fill a role. He can fill that void, but he doesn't need to be if everyone's healthy. He can be the third option, which is why they're 
thriving right now is because you don't need James Harden to be that guy that he was in Philadelphia or the guy that he was for Houston. He can just be a third option and facilitate and pass. Um, the Clippers, they have the least amount of losses going into the All-Star break in their franchise history, which is remarkable. They are one and a half games back of the one seed. Um, they could have had the one seed, but they got blown out by the, by the Timberwolves. Um, this is probably the best and most talented team they've had in their franchise history going into the all-star break. Um, but Brandon, you mentioned it like it's not about what they do right now. It's about what they do in April and it's about how they look in April. It's like what their roster is going to be their active roster in the first round. Like we, we just don't know. There's so many unknowns. Like people are already putting teams in the Western conference finals and having their top four teams. It's like, we have so much basketball left to play that I'm, and, and I've seen enough from the Clippers to know that if, if they're healthy, they're going to be good. But that's the thing. I don't know if they're going to be healthy. Like, nobody knows about anybody. Like, they, there could be an injury on any of the top eight teams in the West and East, and we just don't know yet. So I don't really like to make generalizations and predictions right now because, yeah, you kind of know how teams are playing and you kind of know the direction they're going in. But in a Clippers instance, we can't make any predictions right now because you yeah. don't know who's going to go down. You don't know who's going to be well, available. So I, I think a point we have to bring up, and it would be foolish to not bring it up, is how teams view the regular season versus the playoffs. And I'll give right. the Heat and the Lakers uh, primary examples of that versus the Grizzlies and the Bucks last season. I mean, the Bucks looked so dominant all year. Their defensive rating was first. Reminds me of another number one seed entering the All-Star break that I think is going to have a first-round choke in the Timberwolves. Their defensive rating was first, and we all thought, oh, Milwaukee, maybe it's their year. Maybe they come back and they lose to Miami, who coasted the whole year, was in the play-in tournament, and found a way. Lakers coasted the whole year till the very end. We're like, okay, now we have to go win some games, similar to what they did in the IST. They went on a little run toward the end of the year to get in the play and to secure their spot. And then it was like, Okay, balls rolling, dominated the Grizzlies. Balls rolling, yeah. dominated the Warriors. And obviously the Nuggets were by far the, probably the Nuggets in that series against the Lakers was probably the best offensive series besides maybe Durant's Warriors and Curry's Warriors that I've ever seen. Like it was insane. The way <laughs> they they were I think it was like 60% from three, something close to that. <laughs> but my point here is, People before that didn't think the Lakers were entering the play, like going to be, you know, people were picking the Grizzlies. People were like, oh, if they had Steven Adams, they would have dominated them. If they're they making excuses after people picked the Warriors, people picked the Kings over the Warriors. The Kings looked great all year. Experience matters. Okay. The Clippers do have some experience on that roster. That is going to help them. Harden has at least played in pivotal playoff games. He led the 76ers without Embiid to a win last year. I'll give him credit. Two that wins. surprised me. Two wins. Because I hadn't seen it in so long. Because he's known yeah. as, as this playoff choker. And the year he was with Houston was crazy too. Now let me, before I, we go into this, I, I want to read you the standings here. Because this is another yeah. point. Golden State's been on a crazy run. Eight of their last 11 games. Lakers, six of their last seven ever since Rui was in the starting lineup. And they're the 10-9 and nine seed. They, and they're on a roll. That's the nine and 10 seed right there. Okay. Above them, you got the Kings, the Mavericks, the Pelicans, the Suns, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Thunder, and the Timberwolves. The Clippers have the three seed entry in the uh, break. So I want you to tell me right now, out of those two teams, and I'll go after you, who do you think are the weak link? Because I can't. I can't say the Lakers aren't going to be make it out of the play-in right now. I can't say even the Warriors 
confidently aren't going to make it out of the plan. Like I think the Lake, the Lakers are for sure going to make it out of the plan the way they're playing. If they continue this and the Warriors probably too. So which are the two odd teams out? Yeah. Oh, this is so, t- well, look, I, it's just surprising to me that the Mavericks are on a, what, a five game winning streak, six, I think even, and there's still the seven seed that just tells you like how excellent this Western conference is. It's not just the West. The East is pretty good too, but the West, I'm always going to pick the Lakers if AD and LeBron are healthy. I've been saying this since 2021. Like, I don't care what their seeding is when they get in. If they are in the play-in, I'm probably going to take them to win the play-in. Like, it's just, and I know that they'll probably, I don't know, I'm not going to say probably because maybe the Pelicans fall to seven. I think that's eventually what's going to happen. If the Lakers play the Mavericks and Luka, Brandon, you know what Luka does to teams come April and May. Like, they, Due to the he turns into Michael Jordan. Exactly. <laughs> so that's probably the only team I'd I'd say could give the Warriors and the Lakers a, a tough time. But like you said before, experience matters. And LeBron and AD have been in the play. They were in the play in last year. They kind of know how that works. They were in it in 2021. They know how it works then. And they're proven champions. These guys know how to win. They got to the conference finals last year as a seven seed. Same with the Heat in the other conference. Like they just, like you said before, they know how to win when it matters. So even if they're tenth, if the Lakers fall to tenth, if the Warriors are ninth or tenth, I'm still probably going to have them as an advantage over any other team, just because I've seen Steph Curry go nuclear, and I've seen the Lakers go nuclear. So. I still expect them to get out of the play-in. I don't even, I think the Lakers might have an outside chance to get a six seed, honestly, because I know the Mavericks are playing well. I think the Lakers are what, three games out of the six seed. So it's not out of the possibility that the Lakers can get out of the play-in. It's just like I said, there's so much basketball left. Um, and the way the Lakers are playing right now, Brandon, I could easily see them getting a six seed because I've seen the Mavericks go on four game losing streaks. I know they just improved their roster at the deadline, but I've seen some of the teams above them go into losing streaks and I've seen the Warriors go into slumps too. I know they're playing good basketball and they beat the Jazz last night um, going into the break. But, uh, yeah, if I have a healthy Steph Curry, if I have a healthy LeBron and healthy Anthony Davis, who Anthony Davis is playing at an MVP level, if they were the four or five seed, I could see him being in the MVP conversation. That's how good he's been. Um, if I have any of those guys healthy, obviously I'm going to pick them over a Pelicans team that we know choked in the end season tournament. And they usually don't do well in big games. Like we just know that from the Pelicans just by watching even last year, they lost to the, I think they lost to the thunder, right? In the plane or something like that. So I'm going to take the teams with experience. Yeah. I'm going to take the teams with the experience in the plane. I just, I just am now after that, obviously it's awesome because you're going to be playing a higher seed, but the Lakers match up against the Timberwolves. They match up against the thunder. Even if they match up against the Clippers, the Lakers have given the Clippers fits this year. You know that. So I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. And, and not just that. I mean, the Lakers look like a completely different team. And I've said this the whole right. year. Like, once they start playing the right guys, this is a good roster. Everyone is always like, there's a point in every LeBron team, best offseason, oh, this roster sucks. And then once they start playing well again, they're, oh, this roster's pretty good. Like, we knew how good Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura are. We knew how good 
um, D'Angelo Russell could be once we saw him over the last month. He wasn't, he didn't look like this the first half. No. He was abysmal. I mean, he was trade worthy. And anybody who thinks, who says, oh, I never wanted to trade D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> you're a liar because his contract was very tradable. And at the time, he, he was not himself. playing good basketball. <laughs> yeah. He's, and look, and then he's like, he starts going on this run and he's still on this run for like two months and Reeves is starting playing. Rui's playing and then Torian Prince, who knew great off of the bench. Yeah. Uh, just take a genius to figure out. I mean, a guy who shoots 39% from three and doesn't play much defense right now. He tries, but not a, not a great defender. You play him off the bench. He's good. And they don't even have Vincent. They don't have Vanderbilt. That should scare teams right now. I mean, the even Lakers match up. playing good. Yeah, well, we Dinwiddie's always Dinwiddie's playing people okay. are just haters. People, but you got to understand, people are just haters. Dinwiddie has been good for a very long time. Like he's had he a was bad great year. for the Mavericks in twenty two when they got to the conference finals. He was one of their best players. Like he, and his defense was player. excellent. And I know he, his right. defense has been up and down this year, but he, yeah. he'll find that on the Lakers. I'll give Darvin Ham credit, and I, I really, you know, my thoughts on him. I up for him um, when, you know, Jake was the first person to say, oh, okay, you know, he deserves to be fired. And then I was kind of in on it, like, okay, who, why isn't he playing these guys? But hit, the defenses he implements a lot of times are very good. It starts with Anthony Davis. And I wanted to bring this up because Rudy Gobert is minus 650 on sportsbooks. Consensus heavy favorite. Like, it's the award's already been given. Rudy Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year. And I get their number one in defense. But Anthony Davis is the best defender in the NBA. I've been saying this for a long time, top to bottom. He's been the best defender in the NBA for about four, five, six, probably six or seven years. Um, and he has no defensive player of the years, no MVPs, of course, because health was the main thing. Um, I think this is going to go like when we're, uh, it's all said and done. Davis, people will look at the accolades and be like, no defensive player. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, Michael Jordan had four defensive player of the years, and Anthony Davis, in my opinion, is a better defender than Michael Jordan. As crazy as that sounds, like, I think he just does, he is more versatile. He's a different player. Like, Jordan was just like, you know, he was a hawk on defense, on ball defender. Davis is just, it causes havoc all over the floor. Yeah. To me, it's ridiculous. I think, I think Davis and Wenbinyama should probably be the favorites right now, in my opinion. I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. There. I mean, I mean, Weapon Yama just had 10 blocks in a game. It's, it's crazy. It's yeah. not just that, but like, I, I feel like we get too attached to stats towards like, if I watch Victor Weapon Yama and Anthony Davis play, there's a certain fear that is instilled into the opposing player. Like, when Rudy Gobert is in the paint or when they draw him away from the paint, I feel like teams try to attack him. Teams do not try to attack Anthony Davis and Victor Webinyama. They they go as far away as possible from him, and from both of them actually. And honestly, Anthony Davis should have won Defensive Player of the Year in twenty twenty, uh, the year that they won the finals. But Giannis won it for some reason over him. Um, Anthony Davis. They were given they were given Giannis everything at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's, for him to have zero Defensive Player of the Years is kind of ridiculous. Brandon, I saw this was again the Pistons game against the Lakers. It was a three-on-one. A three-on-one. The Pistons had a three-on-one on a fast break. And Anthony Davis was the one. They didn't score. Because Anthony Davis blocked the shot. They, they He thwarted a three-on-one. That's probably the first time I've seen a single player thwart a three-on-one in a long time. And it just shows you what... He's not just... It's not just that he's long and lanky and he can block shots. He's a very smart defender. He does it without fouling a lot of the time. So... For a guy that has that much intimidation 
him and Webinyama. I think I sh- I would factor that into my vote if I had a vote for defensive player of the year because a lot of the players don't think highly of like there's plenty of players that go right at Gobert trying to poster him trying to get past him putting their body into him and I just don't see that from Davis and Webinyama. Like you can tell me all the stats in the world, but second of all, I've seen Rudy Gobert in the playoffs. You and I have both seen him in the playoffs. There's a reason the Clippers advanced to the first Western Conference Finals in their history in 2021. <laughs> I can't wait for that. I, I can't wait to see Rudy Gobert in the playoffs this year. Sure, he can have all the regular season awards he wants, but, well, but Anthony Davis was excellent in the playoffs last year. You know this. And that Utah team, they were just like all year first. They were like first in almost both offense and defensive rating, which is like pretty <laughs> right. crazy. They were they were definitely up there first with Quinn Snyder, and they were top ten defensively because of Gobert, and they were so dominant in the year. And then Terrence Mann just cooks them. Paul Reggie George Jackson, cooks them. and I know Gobert is not supposed to go on the perimeter and whatever. And but at the end of the day, like he was, they were benching him. They were on the verge of benching him because he has no offensive bag, right? So, like, if he's not playing much defense, what is he in for? He was an impediment to them in that series. Donovan Mitchell was carrying them. So I just want people to remember, like, the frauds are the Timberwolves. I think they're a very well-coached team. I think Chris Finch is excellent. Experience matters. I can't see them beating the Clippers. I can't see them beating the Nuggets, obviously. They wouldn't even come close. The Lakers, no. I mean, maybe the Warriors, they do match up really well against the yeah. Warriors because, you know, there's besides the Looney, I mean, yeah, there are certain, certain teams. teams. And the Thunder, the metrics are there too, top five in both offensive and defensive rating. But you can't tell me a 24, 22, and 21-year-old are going to go and beat Anthony Davis and LeBron James or going to go beat Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and James Hart are even going to go beat Devin it's Booker and Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not going to. I'm sorry. I don't care how good they are on paper. That core is still too young. Jordan was too young. People forget Jordan. He lost to the Pistons a bazillion times. Exactly. He lost to the Pistons a bazillion times. People forget (laughs) LeBron. Dude, that team was awful forever. They ruined the first half of his career. People forget this. And at the end of the day, we'll leave it there. When we come back, we'll talk some more um, on the Rosh Markazi show. Appreciate it. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears... We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Sporting Tribune guest hotline. We don't have one today. It's just Graham Mona and Brandon Deutsch here with you. Arash yeah. is in... <laughs> He's in Indiana. Um, I mean, this is this is going to be a really good All Star game. 
Probably. I like the East-West format that it's coming back to. I say this is going to be a very good All-Star game. <laughs> I'm trying to promote it, and it's just, I can't even believe what I'm saying. I can't believe, like, I can't actually tell you guys to go watch it when I know it's going to be a bad product. It's probably going to be a bad product, but just being real, I mean, that's kind of what it's come to. I probably won't watch it, Grant. Um, Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Why does making it East versus West make it more competitive? Like what, like why did, why did Adam Silver think that making it East versus West is going to give them more incentive to play? I want, you know what they should do. They should do uh, what they did with the MLB, where the winner of East-West gets Game 7 of the finals. That's what they should do. Because And then people I treat it like, like a re- real game. I, I get no one wants to get hurt, like, but, like, come no, on, dude. But I, I, why is the, like the, the team captain version, where you get to a certain point threshold, I feel like that gives the players more incentive. If we're just going a standard NBA game, East versus West... I feel like they're not going to give. They're going to give less effort because it means I they were still, It's just I thought they were still doing the point thing, like one forty, just maybe, east maybe west. They are. But but what is it like? Why does that change? Like who cares about east versus west? Like nobody really. Yeah, cares. there's no pride with it. I mean, like nowadays, <laughs> seriously, people are I just, just need to know. I need to know. Unless it's Draymond, like everyone's saying, what's up to their to their rival right after the game? You know, there's no like, there's no rivalries anymore. But yeah, yeah there's it's no kind there's of crazy. No, there's no East versus West rivalry. Like, I guess Celtics, Lakers, but LeBron and AD are yeah, like but boys. LeBron with Jason and AD Tatum are boys with Jason Tatum. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it makes so like, there's no like, rivalries. You know? So, how, why does, why does Adam Silver think that changing it to the old format is going to make players play harder? That's not, uh, like, that's not going to change it. I think he did it just for historic purposes because you saw Iverson in, like, the East. You know, you saw Shaq in the West. You saw, like, Michael Jordan in the East, you know, you saw like what they should do is they should all wear their real jerseys. Oh my like, God, that'd be fantastic. Oh. Like what they didn't, they used to do that. Like yes, when Michael was Jordan awesome. was in the game, when Kobe yeah. was wearing eight in his first all-star game. It's a then, money you know, grab I, thing though. I, it, I know it's like people want to sell the jerseys of East West. I'm sorry. If you're buying the East West Jersey, please, I can tell you better, better places to go spend your money than buying an East West LeBron Jersey or, you know, Kevin Durant. The thing is for me is that this is probably like, I am still going to going to watch every single event because I love the game of basketball and I love seeing the best players play on great stages. But the, there's still no incentive for the players. Like it's still not like, this is probably the least excited I am to watch the, the all-star weekend just because last year I was kind of hyped about it. And the players put forth some of the worst effort I've ever seen in an all-star game. So I don't see how East versus West changes it. I love it from a nostalgic aspect from a, a, like this is how it was when I was a kid. And I'm more excited about a three point contest than the dunk contest. That should never happen. I'm sorry. And I know that the league's shifting towards a three-point type league. But the fact that we have two G-leaguers in the dunk contest should never happen. I'm so- But I, Mac is so, he's he's so good, though. No, gonna, listen, such a listen good I understand. I love Mac McClung. I love Mac McClung. But we have to get stars back in the dunk contest. We just have to, man. And I, don't, I okay, agree. I'm not even saying like the top stars. Just imagine Malik Monk in the dunk contest. Like that. Well, dude, that's like what I'm asking for. 
like back in the day, it was Nate Robinson, right? Like Nate Robinson was a solid role player. And then Vince put him in the dog contest. And it, Vince, Obi, well, that was when Jordan, stars really. Dominique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that dude, they're never going to get back to that. Jalen Brown thinks he's he's Michael Jordan uh, yeah, trying to do yeah, this. Like, do it now. Like, he's like, I'm the guy who's going to do it. Yeah, there's this narrative like, oh, we finally have a superstar. It's like nobody cares about Jalen Brown dunking right now. We want oh, Zion. Care. We, we want job. Well, yeah. We want it like, should be, the high yep. flyers. Even Obi Toppin. Yeah. I'll take Obi Toppin. I know his brother's in that, but like, come on. Give me something to get excited about. <laughs> Wouldn't that Trey be great? Murphy. Dude, I, they, need, they need to tell Ja to get some, get a, if he hasn't had surgery already, get it right now so he can go and be in the dunk contest tomorrow. No, I'm kidding. But next year <laughs> they should really do Zion, Ja. Um, but like, just give me the best. Shade and Sharp. Yes. Yeah, like hey, give me Shaden Sharp, Jaws, Zion. Like, let's build the perfect four. I think those three would be pretty okay. like fantastic, like young talent. And who's the fourth? Kaminga. Kaminga, yeah, that's who I would Kuminga. pick too. Young guys. Look, and you that that's two superstars and then two up and coming yeah. players, right? That are really good. Why do you, do that you think would it's bring just, eyes to the game? Do you think it's just like the 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 players just not wanting to get hurt. Like, I don't see what the incentive to not do it is for the players. Like, I just, like, if I'm a player, I want to dominate. No, embarrassment. Like, nobody is going <laughs> to remember the dunk contest in another year. I Okay, maybe they want to just visit their family for a few uh, days. Uh, I guess, I guess. I mean, it is a, a grueling place. season. I mean, you know, it's like imagine imagine you being at, like, a, like let's imagine us being at a 9 to 5 like, but it's a 12 to 12, but you go, you're on the road, you're working. Yeah. It's basically like uh, George Clooney in that flight movie or whatever, you know, <laughs> up in the air or whatever. He's traveling nonstop working. And so, that's kind of how it is. He just can't go home. So I think part of it is, you know, if they're younger, maybe they want to party there or if they want to go visit sure. their family, they can do that too. And they don't want to be preparing. I mean, it's a preparation. Uh, these guys probably had to start preparing before this weekend right like they they were i mean how hard can it be i guess i get it but mac mcglunn's probably been preparing for this for like since the dunk contest like well, he's for an him, excellent this is basketball his, player too like he's not well, just he is, but it gets overlooked he like never that. gets an opportunity no he never gets an opportunity because he's six feet tall and people care. are like oh he's six feet tall he's you know he's he put up he, a all triple double in the well, last game of the season last year well he's also yeah, he's also, by the way, like six assists a game in the G League, like twenty yeah. plus points. Like he's just a really good player. You're telling me he can't be on the Seventy Sixers right now. That's like, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, well, the Seventy Sixers. I mean, I like Daryl Morey, but come on, bro. Like, why are you trading Jaden? You're telling for me a bag of you're chips. Gonna, you're gonna tell me that he can't play on the Detroit Pistons right now. Like you're gonna no, really tell Killian me that Hayes. with a straight face? Like, come on, man! He's better than Killing Hayes. A lot of it is politics. I mean, this happens in life, but in sports too. If you're a higher draft pick, you're gonna get more opportunities. Like Killian Hayes, we've known Killian Hayes has not been yeah. good at basketball for a long time. I said it when he was drafted. That he was Dante Exum 2.0. Turns out he was ten times worse than Dante Exum. Dante Exum is actually a decent yeah. role player now. <laughs> you know, he's actually turned into a, a decent NBA player. Um, but at the end, I remember when the Lakers were trying to, to get him, um, oh and then the, remember they really wanted him that one draft. And I was just like, no, please don't take this guy. Uh, trust me. I, I'm, I'm old enough to remember now at this point how they wanted that kid from Arizona 
was his name? The number two overall pick, the power forward who sucked in the league. Derek Williams. Yes. Remember they wanted to give up everything yeah. for Derek Williams, <laughs> Derek Williams too. And it was like, I remember dude, that like that, that. Thank gosh. The Lakers are not in those days. I was just thinking of guys, by the way, at dunk con, didn't he participate in the dunk contest at one point? Yeah. Like, I think he did. I mean, he was a good yeah. dunker. He was, he was a great player. dunker. Another guy, another guy that gets overlooked <laughs> is like guys like that era, like Thomas Robinson. Like, remember he was supposed to be so good and he's, <laughs> he's, he's a solid, but great European player. He was decent in the NBA, great career at Kansas. But I just am remembering random guys from that time. Like Thomas Robinson was so good at Kansas. Do you dude, remember that? Like Thomas Robinson dude, was so good at Kansas. There are so many players that I can remember from dunk contests that are like high status names. Like if you tell me, if you were to tell me who was in the dunk contest three years ago or four years ago or five years ago, I'd be like, I, I have no idea who you, like I can't, John Wall, my, like, I can't Paul George. Uh, yeah, I just, no, but like, that was way back in the day. That was I'm talking about like the last five years. I could not even recall what type of dunks there Cassius were. Stanley. I don't know who was in it. Like I know Mac McClung won last year, but there are no memorable well, dunks. The, the last There's good no one was moments. Yeah, yeah. Mac McClung's was great. I, I liked the dunk contest last year because McClung put on a show. Yeah. But realistically, like the last real dunk contest, like with like NBA play, like li- li- I mean, n- n- nothing against Matt because I do think he should be in the NBA, and it's not his fault that he's the best dunker of these guys. Yeah. Like he's great, and it's a good show for him. But uh, I mean, the last real dunk contest I can remember that was super entertaining was Levine Gordon, right? Like yeah, that was exactly. like the last two one. guys that um, were kind of like young studs, young stars, like the time. ascending yeah, yeah. in the I league, mean, like. Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, it's like, uh, for for some reason, and this is no offense to these guys, but is anybody going to know who Jacob Toppin is in 15 years? Is anybody going to remember his dunk contest? Well, maybe he becomes a great player. I'm just saying right now, why is that the guy you're choosing? You're telling me Jonathan Kaminga declined an opportunity to go to the dunk contest. Yeah, like Like, I I can't believe that. I can't believe he would decline that with, you know, the way he's playing right now. He probably would want to be a a part of All-Star Weekend. You're telling me you can't ask like Jason Tatum to even do it? I know it probably wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, but here's the thing. You already have so many guys at the Rising Stars game the day before. I can handpick like four guys from the Rising Stars <laughs> game that I would love to see in the dunk contest. They're already in Indianapolis. You don't have to convince them to go to the to the dunk contest. They're already there. Who who's who are the four that you would you would Jaden Ivey maybe? Jaden Ivey? Like I mean shoot, you could go down the list. Who else is there? No, that's an interesting thing because I don't right. know why they don't do that. Like, they don't even need to prepare, bro. These guys are so good at dunking. Paulo, I mean, Paulo, I could. Uh, Paulo, yeah, yeah, Paulo. But still, like, is he playing in both? Yeah, I think he. Is. I don't know if he'll play, but he's on the team. Wemby, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Victor Why can't Dude, Wemby? That would be like, a crazy do you know dunk how, how great the ratings would be if Wemby participated in the dunk? And contest? Brandon Miller. Yes, and Scoot Henderson, just all Dude, three the top three picks, and just like let's like, see, and then like Scoot's talking, oh you know, his gosh. talk, like I've had a bad year, but I'm gonna prove that I'm a dunk champion. Like Cam the narratives Whitmore? are just Cam Whitmore. Yeah, I mean, dude, Jabari Smith Jr. can even dunk. Like, uh, put him in it. Jalen Hood should well, no. <laughs> It'd be funny to see Brandon Pojemski be in it, though. To be honest, <laughs> no, no. Well, poor guy. I mean, He's I such mean, a great Hawkins, basketball player. I mean, Hawkins is in it. 
He can get up. But Scoot Henderson's there. Scoot Henderson, yeah, Ivy, you, Brandon Miller, Victor uh, Wembanyama. Dude, there's so many great guys that are already there that you could just say, hey, why don't you just show up tomorrow and we'll put on a show? No, I guess not. I guess that's too smart. Dude, Keontae George could even done put Jordan <laughs> right, like right. put him in there. like dude, like yeah. I mean, dude, all these. I mean, they're in the NBA. All these guys could dunk. Even Steph Curry's got like mad hops. People forget about you know. But at the end of the day, like those guys are already there. All right, I wanted to talk a little bit about you know the Dodgers because baseball is coming up. Dodgers have yeah. a big year ahead of them. Pitchers and catchers reported. Half the free agents, the big names, haven't signed. Which, by the way, is something they need. Manfred's already said this. They need a deadline for for they free do. agent signings. Uh, come on, it's just ridiculous that guys can just sit out. You know, come come back and just like they're not going to be prepared to play. Like straight up, like you think Cody Bellinger is going to be right away three fifty, where or like hitting close to two fifty even wherever he signs, like. To me, that's ridiculous. But by the way, the Dodgers, obviously the big winners, regardless of what other whatever happens in free agency, they were the big winners if they just signed Otani. They signed Yamamoto too, and they created a monopoly on these Japanese players where they'll get Sasaki as well. Within you know, whenever he, they're going to get Sasaki too. So they're going to have like a whole Japanese rotation, and it's going to make them a ton of money because look at all the Japanese sponsorships, which is why Artie Moreno kept Joey Otani. He wanted to make you know money for the second half of the season, which I think is relatively selfish. Having covered the team and knowing how much those guys really want to win, like give them a real opportunity to rebuild. They would have been in a much better position if they got some guys for Shohei at the deadline because Shohei was never going to stay for the fact of the matter. But that's a whole separate conversation. The Dodgers, though, my dad says it like this. I don't, I guaranteed non, not a World Series champion because you have Muncie at third base. But at the end of the day, you never know. Because uh, I agree, though, they need to get a competent player. Muncy's the most overrated player, I think, in the MLB. I think he's he's worthless, pretty much, almost, as an MLB player. Now, I'm not saying he's better than me. I, it's, it's, I'm not, he's not worthless as a person. As a baseball player, you can't be hitting under 200 in the bigs. I don't care how much you get on base from walks. Home runs? You're striking no? Out, RBIs? Like, no? I don't care. He also is a horrendous defender. Uh, <laughs> that's going to come to bite them. I'm telling you right now, Grant, my dad said the same thing. That is going to come. I've said it for years. They need a competent third base. And why they let Turner walk? Like, Turner was great for Boston last year. Turner is still. I completely agree with you. I mean, like, dude, Turner is not even expensive. Why is he not a Dodger? Why didn't he remain a Dodger? He's not expensive. He's old. And when you're old, even though he's productive, he's still, like, when you're older, you get discounts on those players like JD Martinez last year. Yeah. Like he got older, they got a discount and he was excellent. And he hasn't even signed, has he? Did he sign anymore? Uh, I think he did, didn't he? he well, there was rumors about him going you're to Arizona. Sh- you're right? sure. Arizona is like the place he's been linked to. I would like to see him on the Angels. Yeah, I would too uh, to fill that spot. I mean, why not? You, if you can get him on a good contract, like, why not? Dude, he's only going to be no, like he's still million. a free agent, which is you know what? Here's the thing I wanted to say yeah. about. I know we're we're talking about the Dodgers, but I needed to say this: the fact that there are so many great players right now that are still unsigned is unbelievable. It should never happen. This should like Matt Chapman is still a free agent, and he's an excellent third baseman. Blake Snell won the freaking Cy Young, and he is still a free agent. <laughs> Jordan Montgomery is at the World Series champion, a crucial part of the Rangers World Series. He's still a free agent. He hasn't resigned like, with the Rangers yet? No. He's there are, with the Rangers. Cody Bellinger was a comeback player of the year. 
and he is a he is a free agent. I do not understand how this can happen. This we have like Rob Manfred. I don't agree with a lot of things that he says, but I agree here. There needs to be a signing period. There needs to be a deadline for when you can sign it. If you don't, sorry, see it, sayonara, go to Korea, go to Taiwan, go to the Mexican League. You can't play in the MLB. Which are great, which are great leagues to play in, by the way. They I are. mean, those are very competitive leagues saying. and they love but American players. But you can't players. play here. They need to implement something like that because the fact that it's, we're almost going to start spring training games. And guys are not even signed to a club. Some of the top players in our game, by the way, I'm not just saying like guys that are fringe guys that'll be, you know, in the eighth or ninth in the batting order. These are all star caliber award winning talents that are still free agents. Now, I don't know whose fault it is. I don't know if it's the agents. I don't know if it's the players asking for too much. I don't know if it's the clubs. I'm not really sure, but we can't have this anymore. This can't, this is two or three years in a row that this has happened. And I know one of them was because of the CBA, but still. It, it it can't go this late into the free agency period and have no none of those guys signed. That's number one. Second of all, the Dodgers, yes, they got all these guys. And like you said about Muncie, I am not going to believe it. Of course, I'm very excited. I'm very hyped about the Dodgers. This is the most excited I've been for a season. But I am not making any assumptions. I am not making any predictions. I am not making doing any takes that for the outcome of their season until October. I've learned my lesson, Brandon, and you know I have said many great things about the Dodgers throughout regular seasons about, oh, they're going to beat the Astros in the World Series this year. Oh, they're going to beat this team in the World Series. Oh, I see them going to the NLCS. They've just given me no confidence over the past two years that they're going to do something different, and until I see it, like we always say with the Clippers, I haven't seen it yet, so why would I believe it again? You know, we always make these assumptions about the Dodgers. I know that they're going to have a great roster. I get it. They're going to have an excellent roster, the best in their history, probably. They haven't played a single game yet, so I'm not going to say that they're going to win the World Series. I'm not going to say that it's Dodgers-Yankees, because every year we say it's Dodgers-Yankees, and then it's the Astros and, the, and some other I don't even think the, the Yankees get out of the ALDS, bro. Well, the Yankees need a lot of pitching, but I'm just saying that kind of assumption and those kinds of labels, I'm just yeah. done making them. I'm, I've learned my lesson. I'm not going to make myself sound. There's always a team that no one picks that gets really <laughs> yeah. far in baseball, yeah. especially because baseball is a team or uh, a sport where if you're a wildcard team, like you have a chance. Like in football, to a way lesser extent, like right. the Niners that won a few years ago got to like you know the right. NFC Championship against the Rams as a wildcard yeah. team. But like, yeah, it was a good year for you. Uh, <laughs> um, but it rarely happens. Like the last two years in the NFC, the one seed has gone to the Super yeah. Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Chiefs were a three seed, but they have Patrick Mahomes. And the year before, they were the one seed, right? And they went to the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? Weren't they the one seed? Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's like we know it, it's, it's a long, long, we got a long ways before so the regular season, season starts, but I know a lot of Dodger fans are hyped, but kind of like the 49ers, man, be like always choking, be humble. always choking. <laughs> so you got, until you see it, you gotta be like, I know Dodger fans are not happy about the 2020 ring. Like they want a real ring. They want oh, a yes. really Absolutely. real, real. Absolutely. I'm not saying that's, I'm not disputing that that's a phony ring. Cause it was, it is a legitimate competition ring that happened in a season. It wasn't a full season. You had to play the games and I get it. Um, but I'm telling you, do you even care about that ring? Like, let's be real. So no, Dodger, I, do Dodger I want, fans I even want care a full about it? 162 game ring. I want one. I'm crazy. I would too. I think it's disrespectful that they've only won one to the fan base as good as yeah. they've been. 
but anyways, we'll leave it there. Uh, thank you so much, Grant, for coming on. Thank you guys yeah. so much for listening. And again, presented by the Sporting Tribune. We're going to see a lot of Dodgers baseball this year. Angels baseball, I don't know if they're going to get as much coverage <laughs> without Otani, but you know they'll have Trout. They'll have a few guys. But we'll leave it there. Uh, enjoy the weekend, everybody, and enjoy the All-Star game. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.